there is so much hand wringing that happens around kind of the Andrew Tate phenomenon. This kind of like, you know, oh my God, why are young men like consuming this kind of content? Like, why are all young men turning into misogynists? And I think not for a second is there any sort of like critical evaluation over like the various uh, institutions and channels uh, that have collectively either failed or neglected their responsibility. Andrew Tate is a god, like to some percentage of young men. The more you are focused on yourself, the more miserable you are. And this does seem like old Jordan Peterson. This is like pre-2020. Like, like Even his clothes. Oh, man, <laughs> drip, drip daddy. Like... I had a man message me. A man emailed me saying that he was going to kill himself. I get about 10,000 emails a week. I don't answer all of them, but I answer some of them. This guy, his email was so short that I believed it. Subject was, I'm going to kill myself. And the thing is, I know you won't reply. I'm going to kill myself. I don't know what to do. That was easy. And I sat there and said, listen, my friend, I get a lot of emails. I don't know how serious you are. I want you to make me a promise. I'm going to guess that you're not in the best physical condition you could be in. I want you to make me a promise that you're going to get six pack first and send me a picture of you with a six pack. And if you still feel like killing yourself after that, I don't know you. I can't tell you what to do. I think the thing that is really hard for people to accept is that there is some percentage of truth to what Andrew Tate says. And, and the advice that he gives on some surface level isn't terrible advice. I mean, he's talking about somebody who is depressed, who is considering suicide. Why not focus on something to improve yourself before you kill yourself, right? Like give yourself an exit ramp, but try to make yourself better. And in this kind of myth that he tells, it's almost like a fable. Uh, this this young man through the pursuit of physical fitness has objectively made his life better, which I think is, is true. I, th I think that is a valid point that he makes. Yeah, man. And, you know, we touched on this in private, but we all, or at least some of us have an internal dialogue that pushes us quite strongly. Yeah. Um, but some percentage of us, especially in the modern environment, don't have a sufficient internal dialogue that pushes us. And Andrew Tate kind of fills that void for some men. Um, and so from that perspective, um, to have someone like a coach, a hard ass that's pushing you, like, of course, that can have a, a positive impact. Of course, the devil's in the details, <laughs> but uh, we we will get to that. And, and I mean, uh... He routinely talks about how, uh, you know, the current healthcare system is very quick to medicate men that might be experiencing depression. Certainly, like, there are forms of depression that can only be treated by, by medication because, it, you know, it's a, it's a chemical imbalance. It's a neurological issue that there is a prescribed treatment with, with medicine for it. That being said, he makes this point that there is an overprescription of drugs instead of encouraging people to maybe improve certain elements of their life, to, to get more exercise, to spend more time outdoors. And, and I think that's kind of the, to your point, some people have that internalized and they, they kind of drive themselves to do that. And others don't. And maybe it is because there's a, you know, a crisis of fatherhood or a lack of role models, but, but he, he does yeah. create that drive, which is important, I think, for, for, for men to hear. 
for, for sure and, and let's let's actually double click on on that um like right now there is a massive crisis when it comes to loneliness mm-hmm. dating young men in particular yeah. are really struggling and obviously that is um tate's audience so so a few stats here 58 percent um reported lacking meaning or purpose in their lives the previous month this is from a study by harvard there's another study by cigna right which found that uh, gen z so ages 18 to 22 are the loneliest generation Mm -hmm. with 79 percent reporting feelings of loneliness Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to dating 63 percent of young men report being single Mm -hmm. this is from pew research um and then there's another study which found that 30% of young men reported, uh, in two, this is in 2019, that they had no sex in the past year. 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are pretty staggering figures here. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it paints a really bleak picture for, I think, what men are dealing with. And then when there's this hand-wringing over, like, and I guess we were doing this hand-wringing about a year ago, but... Oh, why are young men like listening to Andrew Tate? But I'm like, okay, look, on the surface level, you have a man that that's signifying all the trappings of like status in our current economic model. He's got the cars, he's got the money. He is very open about his rags to riches story, right? He came from a very, very poor city in the UK, Luton, I think. He had nothing. He worked his way up through a kickboxing career. And now he's at this like status level. So like on the surface level, given what you're saying, it makes total sense why Andrew Tate is taking off. But I think that's what makes it also such a dark story too, right? Because this is the small percentage of what we're talking about here where he's correct. And there's so much more that he's putting out there that is quite frankly, probably dangerous to, to vulnerable minds, to vulnerable people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in particular, because most of his content is in the form of reels mm-hmm. uh, or little shorts or TikTok videos. And that obviously just lacks nuance. Now, I'm not saying he's that much better mm-hmm. in full context because uh, <laughs> he's it's not necessarily the case, although he sounds certainly more intelligent and, 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 and a little bit... Uh, a, a, a more of a careful thinker, but um, there's still a lot of holes in his logic and still a lot of um, just really uh, purely like grifting slash exploitative type of advice. Um, and, and let's let's actually look at a clip which I think exemplifies this. It's so interesting you say this because when I say depression isn't real and it's situational and you have to change your situation to feel better, people often come back to me and say, well, what about celebrities? Because celebrities live perfect lives and they kill themselves. And I, I argue that with the exact point you made because a celebrity sits there, Robin Williams, I'm depressed. And instead of people sitting down with him and saying, Robin, listen, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're as famous as you can get. You live the most privileged life you can live. You can have a 19 year old girlfriend tomorrow. Let's find out what's making you sad. Let's go on safari. Let's see some tigers. Or get rid of the shit that's making you depressed. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I'm... Just uh, get rid of the shit that's making you depressed. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, and this is, I think <laughs> I, I've, inevitably as we've done these shows like i've become 
almost like a historian of Andrew Tate just from the sheer amount of stuff that I watched. And this is like <laughs> this is like a, a classic Andrew Tate type of almost maxim, right? Like you have no reason to be depressed, uh, especially if you're a celebrity, because you have all of the trappings of things that would not make you depressed, right? You have the money to go on a fucking safari. You could be dating a 19-year-old, like all these things, which even though he says that depression can be cured by discipline and activity and getting your life in order, kind of this like stereotypical Jordan Peterson, 12 rules for life type of device, even though these things he alludes to at the end of the day, his solution is always grounded in like materialism in exactly like status in this and shit that you should be paying him money for to get. Hey, hey, everybody. Andre and Levon here. Hope you're enjoying episode 29 of Radius of Reason. We'll get back to our discussion on Andrew Tate, uh, eventually Jordan Peterson, Bruce Lee, and a guy whose name, if I pronounced, uh, would get us canceled in a bit. But first, if you want to support our show, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, and like. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, and you know, we know that these things don't actually contribute to your overall fulfillment and meaning in life, which is what really makes you satisfied with your life. And that, that, that's what everyone's really wanting, not, not even like temporary happiness, um, because ha I mean, happiness is almost by definition kind of a temporary thing. Um, obviously, if you were always happy, you just would never get anything done because you have no motivation. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's been it's just been well established that the most important thing uh, that leads to uh, a true sense of well-being and life satisfaction, are, you know, are the relationships in your life. Um, and, and there's no mention of that. I mean, he mentions a 19-year-old girlfriend. Uh, so, like, thinking that a sort of trophy wife is going to make you happy, I mean, this is exactly... I mean, these are the kind of the things that um, I think some actors and famous people, like, <laughs> this is the trap that they fall into. Like, they, they actually take his advice and become depressed. And so his solution is more or less to do the very things that got them into that state of depression. I mean, it's completely insane. And, and, I, and I think, you know, to be fair, on other interviews and other podcasts he's done, he does talk about, you know, the importance of keeping the company of, well, in, in his case, you know, men. He talks about his relationship with his brother a lot, which again, you know, if we were to give him some credit, he's correct in that, right? Uh, healthy friendships are important and they are driving factors but again he uses that to kind of hard pivot to the point of he's selling memberships to his various kind of peer organizations the war room hustlers university in the past all these things and again like if, if you take it at the surface this is somebody who like genuinely cares about the plight of young men right now but like the other chunk of the iceberg is that he is grifting off of this, right? He is well, making okay. a shit ton of money. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, and, and 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 it's it's a very devious thing that's that's happening there. But let me ask you a question. Sure thing. Yeah. What novel piece of advice has Andrew Tate ever uttered? N nothing. Like I don't think he's contributed anything new. Like and man, like the funny thing is, is like this narrative that, that he, he he talks about and the, the problems that he's trying to address for men, the problems that maybe a couple of years back, Jordan Peterson was really kind of uh, getting really popular over in like 
2018, uh, you know, the, the clean your room bucko bullshit. That that stuff's been talked about since like, if not the 19th century, the early 20th century. You know, and, and like doing some reading for the episode, I was looking at like educational theory uh, from the United Kingdom, and there there is an educator named Kurt Hahn who founded a school in Scotland mm-hmm. that. Uh, Prince Charles, uh, King Charles, and and Prince Philip both studied it. Right, they were talking about the same things. Like there are these crises that men face that can only be resolved by physical fitness, discipline, self education. Like nothing that Tate is contributing is new, but I, I I think, and this isn't as much as commentary on Andrew. It's more maybe how social media is consumed. He's basically just repackaging it in like a different box right the advice is the same but now it's being told to you by this like james bond villain that that his brand kind of pushes forward yeah man and and it's it it also speaks to the fact that humans they just they're just suckers for charisma right they're suckers for people that speak confidently uh and 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 andrew tate does all those things and is entertaining Right, he says outrageous things. He really grabs your attention. Uh, It's kind of like Jordan Peterson. You know, he's 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 not saying anything novel per se, although he he's he's much more of a verbal, uh, I don't know, monster. I would say just he's so good. But um, it's it's how you say it, and 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 people like Tate. There's always obviously going to be an audience for these people, but. You know, when we're up here criticizing someone like Andrew Tate, um, it's because you can find the same advice without all the bullshit elsewhere, right? What we're saying is um, you don't need Andrew Tate to tell you these things. There are better sources of of advice for men. Um, well, let me, and, ask you, let me ask you this question. Um, um, you know, sometimes it seems like Tate is just basically like, uh, reducing shit that Marcus Aurelius wrote about into like uh, just m- kind of a lot more simplified takes. Do you think that this is less of an Andrew Tate problem? Do you feel that this is less of an Andrew Tate problem, more of a problem with how people consume information? Like, yeah, somebody could definitely go out and read meditations, but there's also a guy on a YouTube short who is going to yell at you for 30 seconds and give you the same exact information to a certain extent. <laughs> no, I mean, for sure, there's there's other problems as well. And, and how we're consuming it, uh, you know, through TikTok and shorts, th- th- that is obviously a massive problem. Um, but, y- you know, like we we had, so we had better role models, right? Like we, we had, I mean, even Jordan Peterson just, you know, what, five years ago mm-hmm. um, was a much better role model, you know, despite, you know, the criticisms that we have on him, um, uh, I, I think pe- like if you gave people the option now, you know, they would say, oh yeah, I'd much rather have Jordan Peterson be as popular as Tate than vice versa. Um, but I, I think it's just, I think it's the trend, uh, that's kind of, I think consuming society in general, it's, it's that now the the game theory like reward functions have have changed and people that are saying outrageous shit like trump as well is a great example of this 
Like that kind of behavior is rewarded, mm -hmm. right? And also sociopathic behavior is rewarded. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about the the exploits of Tate, which we 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 will get to in a in a second. Actually, let's not forget that. Um, but because of the fact that there's just a total lack of accountability now in society, there's a lot of anonymity between individuals. Um, it's not like our hunter-gatherer days where everyone knew each other, everyone genuinely had to be on their best behavior because it was in their best interest at the time. Like that game theory reward function made sense, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in the context of a small group where, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's life or death. You got You have to be responsible. Like you're not going to, you don't need Andrew Tate's advice. Like you're going to fucking die. <laughs> you know, if you don't do your, if you don't take care of your shit, you're just going to die. So, now that we have large-scale societies, um, you obviously have a bigger freeloader problem. Uh, you have a reduction in responsibility. You have a reduction in in relationships, accountability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you have a proliferation of sociopaths because they are very good at manipulating other people, and they have no freaking empathy. And 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 that's uh, and that's why you you know you see now people like Tate. Um, with his, you know, webcam um, business with Hustlers University. Um, I mean, these are all grifts, right? Um, these are all scams to some extent. I guess the webcam business, not necessarily, but things like Hustlers University and maybe some other shit. I'm, I'm sure he's selling some other shit. Uh, but we, let, let's let's actually go ahead and play a clip. Uh, and this is from a podcast where Tate is talking to a therapist of all people in the beginning he made his millions in, in some level exploiting yeah. these very men okay. that's the frame that they were thinking about it and is there validity in that in what they're saying because i didn't know how to answer that question i don't think i exploited the men i think i exploited maybe i did exploit the men but let me change my answer I don't think me not exploiting them would have prevented them being exploited. I think these men were out to be exploited regardless of whether I did it or not. So, but you can see how that sounds cynical to somebody where you say, well, they're going to be exploited anyway, so I'm going to make money off them. And then once I make money off them and I get this platform, then I'm going to champion them. Completely. I mean, it's, it, I guess that's probably one of the most logical arguments against me I've heard. <laughs> Then we have to argue whether I was really exploited, <laughs> which, which is another argument, right? Absolutely. Because a lot of these men, the only reason they didn't kill themselves is because they had an online girlfriend. Oh, Jesus Christ. What are your thoughts on that? You, you know, I mean, it, it, it shows, um, I think, a true side of Tate where he, he reveals the fact that like he has no problem exploiting men, which is not a surprise to anyone who's paying attention, right? Like not a surprise to anyone who, who has a decent bullshit detector on them that Andrew Tate would be the type to exploit young men. And indeed there's plenty of evidence that he did that mm -hmm. and he exploited young women as well. Um, but I mean, it's also to some degree a fair point to say, like, yeah, I mean, some of these men are in such deep shit that, you know, if, if a cam girl was the only thing preventing them suicide, then um, is is it the worst thing in the world for him to have 
you know, conducted that business, the webcam business. And of course, you can still make a point that it was terrible because of the exploitations of the young women. But um, in terms of, you know, exploiting these men, I mean, sure, there, there, there is more nuance here. Um, does it justify it, though, is my question to you. No, no, I don't think it's it's justified, but in a really perverse way, I think him admitting to these things is almost like it kind of empowers his position even more because he's kind of almost like a Prometheus kind of character, right? Where he's like coming down with the light to the masses showing like, yeah, hey, look, this mm -hmm. system is actively set up to, to make you suffer and make you lonely. I know this because I have like participated in this and I like monetized your suffering in the past. So like in a weird way, him talking openly about it like this, which I have to say, like I, this is a total like bogus interview, but I don't think I've seen this level of like even slight pushback on Andrew by any of his like organized guests in the past like six months or so. So do with that what you may. Hey, hey, if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button. And what was our Twitter account, Andre? Radius underscore of. But I think him underscoring like his knowledge of the um, of the system that I guess this would be also be the matrix that he always talks about, right? That's keeping men hooked on webcam models to like prevent their own loneliness him being able to talk about it almost improves his credibility to a certain extent uh, to his audience. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's kind of like playing the foreign hand, right? Like when you talk <laughs> about the matrix, it's, it's like this other group. Yeah. You, 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 you know, it's conspiratorial. It's this idea of, I mean, I, I actually, I don't know how he defines the matrix per se, but it's probably something along the lines of, you know, there's people in a dark room making these decisions. It's all coordinated. Um, and you know, I, I, man, I think that's a toxic, that, that, that's another thing. Like, I think it causes people, uh, especially, you know, the young men listening to him to, to be detached from real action that they could take to change things, right. To really defeat the matrix. The matrix isn't, you know, you know, these people in a dark room making these decisions. It's really like, um, certain structures in society, perverse incentives. Uh, and yes, there are some evil people. And yes, there are pockets of coordination and, and, and things like that. And we, we should expose those, mm -hmm. those, uh, those things, those people, for sure. Uh, so there's truth in, in this idea of the matrix, but it, the way it's framed, it's like, fuck the matrix, you know, just go um, work out, you know, become rich, have a 19 year old girlfriend, uh, buy fancy cars, you know, that's escaping the matrix. It's like, not really. And if everyone thinks like that, then even, uh, you know, um, the top 3% won't be getting to those uh, standards of living because society is going to collapse. But I you think it's actually to. pretty damn brilliant. You I, I think it's kind of brilliant that he purposefully doesn't really define what the matrix is, right? I mean, is he talking about like... like I've heard him talk about the matrix is the deep state, right? Like, oh yeah, it's like the, the CIA mm -hmm. national security apparatus. The matrix is Western civilization, uh, you know, the decaying Western 
uh, power structures mm -hmm. with their LGBTQ plus ideology and whatnot. But it changes all the time. But it's also brilliant because he can say this one thing, the Matrix, and everybody can kind of attach their own grievances against that. There's kind of this uh, a pretty popular recurring theme if you like read social media posts or go on Reddit about like teachers getting concerned about young boys in middle school and high school watching agitate videos then coming into class and like riling against uh, the education system and saying it's all bullshit. I mean, that's a perfect example of because the matrix is a nebulous concept, a 13 year old boy can be like, yeah, the matrix is the fucking public school system in my hometown. They're the ones trying to indoctrinate me. So fuck these guys. <laughs> and you kind of almost attach your own like grievances to whatever power structure you have in your life to this like nebulous concept. And it works because again, like to the surface level basis of Andrew Tate being correct about certain things he points out, everybody in their life has some sort of like oppressive power structure above them. That That's kind of how I think human civilization is organized. It's either the fucking tax man coming after your income. It's either your boss at work. It's maybe your overly domineering mother or wife, but like everybody is going to have like something that they're mm -hmm. upset about. And Andrew perfectly kind of encapsulates this in like a nothing statement like the matrix it's everything it's nothing it's whatever is making you sad you're, you're right i mean it is brilliant in the sense that it, you know leaving it up to your imagination is obviously um i mean that's like the i mean that's gold that's just straight up from a human psychology standpoint gold but you know like, like i said i i think it takes away from confronting the the real difficult challenges that we have uh in society in politics to make the changes that we want um and and so i, I from that standpoint i think it's kind of a toxic uh toxic framing now i think you mentioned this earlier but um did you mention it jordan peterson um but you know he kind of was you know i would say he was the young male role model at least on the internet um prior to covid and then andrew tate kind of blew up yeah uh following his more or less departure from that scene i mean he obviously had some medical issues um but then now he's more focused on politics yeah i feel yeah. like he became uh, and so so yeah. tate comes in yeah, Tate comes in, fills that void. Um, but what do you what do you think about Jordan Peterson's appeal? And do you think um, do you think the criticisms are warranted? I mean, I, I I think, and I I kind of caught like the tail end of Peterson's like let's call it the pre COVID influence. Um, I saw him speak live in, in 2018. I listened to some mm -hmm. of his stuff on audiobook. And, like, in general, like, I thought Peterson at the time was pretty interesting, especially because he introduced me to, like, a lot of, like, concepts around, like, Carl Jung and, and like, from a standpoint of, like, psychoanalysis mm -hmm. and things like that, I thought Peterson made these things a little bit more accessible. And for that... I would say early on in his career, he was pretty valuable. And, and a lot of his early lectures, like recordings, like of his like university lectures that he gives, um, 
they are interesting because they do tackle these issues that I think Andrew Tate also addresses that, you know, we've highlighted at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he does tackle them maybe from a more like professional standpoint to a certain extent. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I do think Peterson also had this like air of like vulnerability all the time. Like he always seemed like roughly on the verge of tears every time he talked to you. <laughs> but like that quickly to your point earlier, like, even but when I kind of discovered him and started um, listening to some of his stuff, already it was kind of becoming a weird like political statement. I think that was like around the time when he made his very public opposition to that House bill in, in Canada around gender right. language on college campuses. But I remember I was like at a coffee shop or something and somebody asked me, like I was hanging out with somebody like, hey, what are you listening to? I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a podcast with Jordan Peterson. They're like, whoa, like, like that alt-right asshole. And when he, when he embraced that, I think that's when it kind of quickly lost any form of like relevant um, perspective because unlike Tate, I think pre-COVID Jordan Peterson, it didn't seem like much of a grift, but when his messaging became inherently attached to embracing some right-wing political values, like rejecting marxism and shit like that then it became very very grifty to me well i i think to me the biggest indicator that it might be grifting is his climate change skepticism interesting um and, and he's very vocal about that um i i can't say for sure he's grifting like i don't know he could just be genuinely swayed by these ideas like it's entirely possible I mean, but it's also, entirely possible to... What, what place does climate change denial have in his overall messaging? Like, if he's trying to help young men, why is he even talking about climate change? Well, I think he's beyond trying to help young men. I think he is... Sedu he has been totally seduced by the <laughs> power that he's... No, no, seriously. I mean, it's... it's he, He's... Dude, like, he is huge. Like... 8 million something subs on YouTube. He's he's a huge channel. Um, he's got, obviously, his books. Um, he's starting a university. He's got, you know, uh, he's, he's incredibly popular with, uh, with obviously, conservatives, religious conservatives in particular because of his lectures on, you know, the Bible and everything. Um, he's also, I think, associated with the Daily Wire, which is a conservative uh, outlet. Um, and so... Uh, I don't. Where, where was I going with this? I <laughs> totally blanked. How climate change was. I totally into blanked his, uh, in, into his uh, like uh, general narrative. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fitting into his. Yeah, it's fitting into his kind of. Um, I, I, I I guess new persona as just a right wing, um, almost a right wing ideologue to some mm -hmm. extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like a talking head. But 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 it's interesting because I so I listened to Peterson recently on a couple of podcasts, uh, one of them being the Diary of a CEO, um, and, and there's a clip I want to play because this again this is a recent podcast I think came out like a month ago or so, um, and here he seems to be back to his old self and he seems very upfront and honest and seems not like a right wing ideologue at all. So let's uh, let's play that clip. 19 to 35 year olds, which is that demographic that are listening to this predominantly, um, are twice as likely to report being in crisis than any other group. 
right? And the re there's a reason. For, it's a very straightforward reason. It's, it's literally this. The more you are focused on yourself, the more miserable you are. It's, it's as simple as that. But that's society now these days. We're very I know. Well, and we're in, well, and there are terrible forces pushing us in that direction. You know, like I could attribute this to the idiocies of a degenerate Protestant liberalism driven by postmodernism. <laughs> but you could also just as easily point to consumerist capitalism. Oh. It's like, it's all about you. It's all about what you want. Worse, it's all about what you want right now. Worse, it's all about what your basest appetites want, regardless of cost right now. Well, that, that's the same as being two years old. It's, there's nothing about that that's... And why do you think that's you anyway? So, I mean, it, it's clear that he's he's identifying many of the problems correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't see him being as vocal as he should on things like consumerism, which are driven by capitalism. Uh, especially given now his right-wing associations. And I think that's a tragedy because he clearly he clearly identifies the problem correctly. Well, uh, yeah, at least that's I, one of the problems. And, and this does seem like old Jordan Peterson. This is like pre-2020. Like, like Even his clothes. Oh, man, dri drip daddy. <laughs> like that's one of his best outfits. Uh, I, I hate his like fucking yeah. three-piece suit bullshit. I want him to go back to those like mm -hmm. mustard-colored cardigans he used to wear um, in his early <laughs> lectures. But dude, like, what if what if this is the Great Peterson rebrand? What if 2024 we're gonna get him as like a like an anti-capitalist, uh, pro-Gaza kind of uh, kind of a mindset? I mean, I hope so, man, because he's he's such a great freaking speaker. Like, he's so captivating. He's so charismatic. His ability to form a narrative out of any idea. Um, is just brilliant. Like he, he, he's just so good at that kind of messaging, but then it's always clouded in like these religious undertones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're, they're not undertones. They're just very explicit. Um, he's writing a book right now, I think wrestling with God. Um, and, and so I, I'm not really sure how I feel about that because I, I think to some extent, you know, and we have discussed this, um, there is a void left by secularism. Uh, now, secularism is young, relatively speaking, so we might be just, you know, uh, we might be too quick to jump on this, but um, right now there are problems in secular societies. Like, there's just way more loneliness, there's way more social isolation, um, etc. There's a lack of community, and I think I think Jordan Peterson, in, in, um, in one of his debates or discussions with Sam Harris, uh, it was about truth, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. what is truth? Mm -hmm. And it seems like Jordan Peterson subscribes to the pragmatic theory of truth, which is basically the idea that what is useful is true. And so Jeez. I think, um, I I think he genuinely believes that religion is useful. Therefore, he he at least pretends that it's true. Because if you ever hear him. And he, again, he's had debates with Sam Harris, with other people. They've called him out on like, what do you mean by God? Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Like very like concrete things. And he always evades them. Like, what do you mean by God? What is this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, it, you, you cannot pin him down. And I just wonder, is he, um, 
<laughs> is he trying to have his cake and eat it too? Because I don't think he believes Jesus genuinely rose from the dead. I don't think he's like a Christian like that. And when it comes to God, I'm not sure he believes in the typical monotheistic conception of God that you would have, uh, you know, Christians or Muslims believe. But he acts like, he, or he, he delivers messages that seem to imply that this is the case. And it, it, it's inherently, I think, there's, there's an inherent dishonesty in that, in my opinion. But I that's I just think, my reading. I mean, she, Peterson is like a, uh, he's like an absolute, like, simp for like, Russian literature. Um, like, constantly references <laughs> Dostoevsky. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, he's constantly talking about like, Dostoevsky, and um, I, I think he might be coming at Christianity from like a standpoint of Tolstoy. And at the end of Tolstoy's life, uh, he either did get excommunicated or almost got excommunicated from the Orthodox Church by sort of creating a religious thesis that if you remove all the mysticism from Christianity, you know, the, some of the stuff like Jesus rising from the dead, uh, you essentially create a uh, robust guide for how to live life well. And it, it, it sort of takes the elements of um, the moral teachings of religion, removes the like the baggage of unnecessary falsehoods, and just creates a blueprint to mm -hmm. maintain a stable, harmonious life and society in which you exist. Dude, and and I think it's I, I think it's very um, it's very useful. It's a very useful meme that. That, that can generate like Christianity itself was a, is a very useful and, and self-propagating meme. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, when you, when you do strip out the supernatural elements, if you could have just the benefits of the, the ethical framework, that would be great. But I think part of, um, part of what makes it, um, useful and efficacious is the fact that belief in God and the belief in like punishment and reward with heaven, mm -hmm. etc. Like this is a solution that makes sense when you talk about large scale societies, right? Like when you, when you have a society again, to go back to hunter gatherers, right? Cause the vast majority of human existence has been in the context of hunting and gathering. Um, when you go to that environment with, you know, group sizes, less than typically 50 people, like everybody knows each other, everyone's fully accountable. Um, you don't need Jesus to be watching over you because your neighbor is watching you, right? <laughs> like there's there's none of that. But as societies became larger, and, and coincidentally, that's when you see the rise of these monotheistic religions. Um, then to have this um, to have this delusion that there is a being that is always watching you and judging you and you have to be on your best behavior i mean that's an that's again that's an incredibly useful hundred uh, percent meme and 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 and, and that then and, and that's therein lies the tension like if you strip that out um how do you get how do you retain the part where you know you're supposed to be kind of you're supposed to make sacrifices in life mm -hmm. because in modern day society i mean i think you would agree like the idea of sacrifice is almost like this concept has almost disappeared. 
Like, it's all about me, 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 me. What can you do for me? What is this person doing for me? Well, I mean, but, like, but it's also like... Th I mean, there's so little sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, it's also sacrifices from the standpoint of something like fasting, right? Like the discipline it would take to give up meat or some form of indulgence for a period of time, right? And like a hyper-consumerist... Mm -hmm. um, like I'm trying to avoid using society. Like, like I feel like I say that shit too much, but in a hyper consumer society, mm -hmm. it's almost like unquestionable to not consume or indulge in something, right? Like you're going to buy the latest, uh, PlayStation. You're going to watch the next Marvel movie. There isn't much left from a standpoint of like, no, I'm going to limit this because it, it, it is virtuous to, to limit something because we no longer subscribe to the idea that somebody is watching over us and, and, and potentially judging our actions, which again, to your point, very useful meme, very useful thing to have in order to build out maybe a more well-rounded person. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah. 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 Speaking, speaking of well-rounded people, um, how about, role models that you have today um like is there anyone that you consider you know a, a very good role model perhaps better than peterson or tate <laughs> if yeah. such a if, if such a thing is possible I, I don't know yeah i mean not really and i think that that's probably the, the problem we're discussing i think certainly really like there's Hold on. There's like no one that you that comes to mind that you would think is at least better than well, Peterson or Tate. But the thing is, I I think when I when I think of a role model, I, I think of um, mm -hmm. somebody that like you're able to look at as an entire person and still keep them as like a frame of reference for improving your own life and. Occasionally, you know, I'll listen to the other podcast channels out there. You know, if I'm exercising, I, you know, sometimes listen to like lectures by like that Navy SEAL fitness guy, uh, David Goggins, because he's like, you know, he's had a mm -hmm. journey where he evolved himself, like advanced his mind. But I think when I think role models, I, I had con like very clear role models in my life when I was younger, right? I had one or two teachers that made an absolute difference in my life that, um, you know, I had an English teacher in high school who like introduced me to so many new ways of thinking about, you know, rhetoric, introduced me to new authors, introduced me to new music, kind of really sort of instilled in me like a desire to, to constantly learn more and to read and to things like that. I think of that as a role model as an adult. Do I have that? No. And I don't think anybody like in the podcast circuit is going to like holistically capture um, my desire to evolve into a better person. There might be people, again, like David Goggins, who might inspire me to be more disciplined about how I exercise. There might be people who inspire me to, to, to read more. But honestly, when it comes to role models, I actually find more inspiration from like maybe history where I read about somebody's life or somebody's um, – approaches to life and, and i kind of try to adapt that to myself a bit you know i mentioned like tolstoy in, in regards to jordan peterson i think he offered a lot in terms of how 
you know, to better oneself and one's surroundings that I think are valid. You know, I read about Napoleon sometimes, uh, kind of an interesting individual that rose well beyond the, the ranks of who he was supposed to be as like a, a small time Corsican um, military officer. But like, who can I look at and entirely see them as somebody that I want to emulate? Nobody right now. But what about you? Damn. <laughs> that, that's rough. But um, we'll, we'll circle back to the the past role models, the idea of historical role models. Um, for me, currently, I would honestly, I think someone like Sam Harris, um, he and, you know, a lot of people disagree with some of what he says. I mean, I don't agree with everything he says, but I like the way he thinks. I like the example that he sets. He um, his podcast, uh, you know, is uh, requires a membership which is fairly expensive. He has a meditation app, which is fairly expensive, but you can get those for free by simply emailing support. Say, hey, I don't have any money. Oh, interesting. Uh, I can't afford this. That's really I awesome. I still like it. So he, yeah, so he allows people just to have it for free. And he has such strong support from a core group um, that he's able to do this. Obviously not everyone can, can afford this, but he runs no ads. Um, and he's totally like subverted the, yeah, that, that ad revenue model, uh, which plagues the, the online landscape. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a, he's, he's a powerful, um, he's a powerful thinker and someone who actually does things, you know, in reality, uh, that, that are, that are just, uh, I think great examples to, to, um, to live by, but. Um, in terms of men, in terms of the past, like this is a point, again, I, I brought up, you know, before we hit record, but, you know, just a few decades ago, you had people like Bruce Lee, uh, who was not just, uh, you know, just this great martial artist and actor, but he was also, you know, kind of a philosopher, you know, flow like the water. Flow like the water. Like a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> be the water, you know, like, uh, be like water. Um, he, he was fantastic. He was a great role model of many people. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a, actually a role model of mine. Uh, I never got as buff as him, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, his, his story is just incredible. His, his ability to succeed at so many different things is, is inspiring. Um, but if, if you notice, like none of these guys were like known for their politics, they weren't part of a tribe. And people didn't even think to put them in tribes, right? And it goes to show now, today, like you talk about Tate Peterson, automatically you're a right wing affiliated. You know, yeah. Yeah. you're on the right wing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of crazy, um, but it does beg the question, you know, like why aren't there any popular like left wing role models? Like, do, do you have do you have like a reason for that? No. An explanation, perhaps? No. And and, and I think. I mean, with regards to, to, to men, I mean, I guess maybe like you could point to like somebody like Bernie Sanders uh, as somebody that led to a lot of like political awakening in young people and a lot of young people really look up to in terms of something different from the current decaying uh, Trump-Biden split we have in our politics, right? Maybe it's because also that left-wing politics are perceived as anti-man i mean we talked about it a little bit on our last episode with patty uh, where 
there is this feeling, I think, in communities of men that feminism is inherently anti-men and therefore it's harder to find somebody on the left that speaks to the pain of men because so much of what is discussed are the the issues the the real issues that women and other you know disenfranchised minority groups face in the workplace in community etc etc and in many ways men especially I, I, like the what, what's like the blanket term the cisgendered white man uh is sort of left out a lot of these conversations and maybe that's why the left can't materialize some sort of like socialist andrew tate type of character that does speak to the issues of what men experience from like a popular standpoint because those things aren't really in line with what the popular left wing is is discussing openly does that make sense yeah yeah no i think so you know i i think yeah i mean the the perception of the left wing when it comes to masculinity um from probably not just right-wingers but also from people that are more moderate it, it's a very unfavorable perception yeah. but <laughs> I, I i think as, there's, as you said, it, I, I think there's something else going on here and it's it's funny when we when you kind of ask the question about role models we immediately kind of jump to describing people that we like consume right that like somebody who we listen to on a podcast or somebody who we watch on youtube but we're not really talking about role models as they might manifest in like day-to-day -day life and i actually i i think that's that, that's something we, we need to hit on because i can't really name anybody in like my physical life that would be a <laughs> role model of masculinity or somebody to like help address these questions of like oh my god like you know what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to um you know be a father like how do i like they're isn't really anybody I could think of right off the bat, maybe aside from family, but I think that's like a separate category. Do, do, um, do you think, do you think it's because of the imperfection of, of, of human beings and like this idea that we kind of want a God, you know, especially now in secular society, because we're devoid of that religious element. Like we want someone that exhibits all these traits and people that are detached from us in the online space seem like they exhibit more of that than people we know in real life because we might see their flaws too and we might see their limitations oh you're just you're just a small business owner <laughs> like you ain't shit like andrew tate's got like this business <laughs> this this he's got he's got he's got 40 bugattis like bugattis nobody yeah. gives a fuck about your you, nobody gives a fuck about your small burger shop like that's not impressive do you like, think do you and, think and, that in many ways how like consumerism we've talked about in the past is like supplanting religious fealty do you think andrew tate is filling the void of religion for young men i mean to some extent yeah i mean everything again like may maybe peterson is right like there, there, there are like potentially religious undertones to like anything <laughs> so <laughs> like it, i mean in some sense yeah you could say that andrew tate like andrew tate is a god like to some percentage of young men we're gonna clip that like uh, if you were if, like, 14 years old and you I mean, think about it. like if you're like, I don't think I would fall into this trap. I, w I would like to think, but like, 
you know, if you're a 13, 14 year old young man, you know, you're on TikTok and you're seeing all these clips of Tate. He's got all these beautiful women around him. He's got all these fancy cars. He's got, uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a martial artist, you know, I think in Taekwondo, like world champion. Um, he is, yeah, he's, he's been the most Googled person on the planet. Um, like that's as close to a God as you're going to get in human form. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, I think there's something else going on here. Um, when it comes to, you know, we talked about like a lack of left wing role models and it's, it's probably also because if there are ref, left wing role models, which I'm sure there are, we just haven't heard of them because the algorithms don't reward nuance. They don't, they don't reward, you know, more, um, let's say subdued advice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that, that might actually be better. Uh, they, they reward the Andrew Tate kind of shit. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, in, in, when it comes to, again, in real life, like I'm, I'm trying to think myself and I think there's bits and pieces of certain individuals that I know that, you know, I can look up to, but yeah, there, there's not like a standout um, role model for me either. Um, but I think that, I, I think that goes back to one of my earlier points that, you know, as society grows in scale, you know, we also, we just don't have as many people in our lives that we know on a deep level, right? Like you don't know that many male figures that are, you know, presumably going to be at least 10, 15, 20 years older than you. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't know that many people at a deep level where you can say, okay, this person's my role model, which kind of contradicts my earlier statement that, you know, maybe the people we do know in our lives, we see their flaws. And so we don't view them as these kind of more, um, aspirational role models, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and it almost, again, is sort of making the argument for maybe there is a benefit towards religion to a certain extent, maybe less from like the belief structures, but more so is that it gives you an excuse to like go somewhere once a week where you're surrounded by people in your community that you can kind of congregate with and, and discuss these pressing challenges we face maybe on like a spiritual level. And I do think, okay, Dr. Peterson, All right, right, Dr. <laughs> but, uh, crabs, it, Grab lobsters. Uh, um, I, 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 I think oh, yeah. cr crabs, <laughs> fucking genital warts. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, what is interesting, kind of to bring the the topic of religion into the greater discussion we are having. Andrew Tate's been appearing on far more, like religious quote unquote podcast. A lot of like. Uh, Muslim influencers have been having him on their shows, which is, by the way, the the biggest fucking grift of all oh. time. And like, how do how dumb do you have to be to fall for this guy's like religious conversions? Like, come on. Well, I mean, like seriously, man. Like, like who is the guy that that uh, he interviewed with? And like one of like the second the Christian guy, George Janko, I think. Um, yeah, that guy is terrible. That was the most he's the, he's the biggest useful idiot I've ever seen. Well, I mean, that's um, the thing is like there is a great opportunity here for these 
religious um, influencers, or I don't even know if they're like outwardly trying to like push Christianity or Islam, but like everybody who interviews him completely whitewashes or buries the charges that he's facing, right? And as a good Christian or Muslim, I think you have to speak to the allegations, not even allegations, but like the charges that the Romanian government has brought before him, right? Like just really quickly, um, we last talked about Tate in November of, of last year, November of 2022. December of that year, December 2022, he was arrested. Him and his brother were arrested by Romanian authorities. They were held in jail until March 2023. And they were in house arrest until June 2023. And now they're under like supervised release. They can move freely around Romania, cannot leave the country. Um, and they have to... Um, essentially asked for permission to, to move around Romania. Like, nobody has brought up the fact that he is charged. Like, like there, there are formal court filings for rape, instigating violence, and trafficking women by coercion to work in his... Uh, used to be webcam industry. Now it's more like OnlyFans-based, right? So, like, nobody, while they're discussing, like, morality and religion... Nobody brings up the fact that, dude, like, you have charges against you for trafficking women to Romania, and then to yeah. To to be fair though, Andre, I think I think sometimes like, you know, they, they like he's probably advised not to speak too much on that matter, and sure, he might yeah. make that a condition of those experience. interviews. Yeah, but but dude, I don't think you even have to go to the charges again. Like, just his like his the, the idea that he's converted to Islam and like. <laughs> The idea that, you know, he believes in God at all or like, like, just think about everything this guy's done. Just think about everything he says, right? Like, it's completely incompatible. Like, this is the the guy that follows God? Yeah. Like, are you fucking serious? As like, a side a, note. I mean, it, it, it's got, like, you, you yeah. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Go on ahead. the George Janko show, there was like a really interesting moment where they start referencing the Bible and George is like, you know, you know how the yeah. Bible goes, right? Like first there was, and Andrew's like, uh, and George in like, the beginning was, yeah, in the, in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning and was the the word. And every Christian, like every Christian, and or anyone who knows the Bible knows, it's like the word. The but word. he's like light. He's <laughs> <laughs> like no, no, no. And it's funny, actually. Here's here's one thing. If you pay attention to Andrew Tate uh, in any of his interviews, the moment he's like. The topic of religion comes up anything that the other person says about their religion he'll nod he will never disagree because he has he clearly is out of his depth on this topic and he and if he's corrected he's like yeah yeah of course of course yeah he's he becomes like you know he goes from like a lion to like a small cat in these contexts um so just something just something to pay attention for if you're a fan of andrew tate uh just notice that but he's 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 full of shit, man and it's like if he's lying about something this massive, you know, he, if he admits to exploiting men, like, I mean, like, why would you take this guy's advice? And that's mm -hmm. what I'm failing to understand because sure, he's charismatic. Sure, he's very engaging. Uh, but, like, don't you have a brain? <laughs> like, you know, like, don't you, like, can't you just see past some of this? Like, can, can you genuinely not find better advice and, and like the internet is full of advice there's full of like there's so much self-help out there and there's so much of it that is not packaged with a bunch of bullshit mm -hmm. right 
and it's mm-hmm. not coming from someone who's toxic. And we're not making someone like this, uh, someone who and you know who is the antithesis of a good role model, man. Like he just is. He's the antithesis. Like, why are we rewarding this guy? And if you're someone who follows Andrew Tate, you have to ask yourself, like, can I not find a better role model? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to, uh, you know, every time I, why, why, why do I have to feel embarrassed to ever bring up the idea that I follow Andrew Tate? Right? Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself that if you're someone, because if you bring it up in, in most public context, like people are probably going to laugh at you. <laughs> people are going to judge you and, and rightfully so, right? And rightfully so. And this might be a case where, you know, everyone else is right and you're wrong. <laughs> you know, like this guy's actually a. Uh, just a not a good not a good human being. Um, even though he can he has helped people and some of his advice is true. Um, if if you simply like if anyone basically uh, you know puts themselves on a camera, kind of like what we're doing right now, <laughs> like you're you're bound you're bound to utter some true statements. And when it comes to like advice to help people. Yeah, like have self belief. That's good. Like positive psychology, although to some like some aspects of it are bullshit. Like it is effective. Like it is good to believe in yourself yes. and to have confidence. Um, it's good to be in shape. Yes, it's good. Like like there's like basic. I mean, this is basic thing. Like if you, why do you need? Maybe that's the question. Like you have to ask. Yourself, like why do you need Andrew Tate to tell you these things? And I, I think right. you need Andrew Tate to know. tell you these things because you're not hearing these things from official channels yeah. anymore. I mean, right? we say, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's well, kind also, of... Also, yeah, I mean, I was going to... Just just a quick thing. I mean, we kind of answered this right at the very beginning, but also because you might not have that internal dialogue that some others have that motivates them. But go ahead. But, but I mean, look, to the point... I, I guess, again, to... A point that Andrew Tate makes and and that he is likely correct in that if your traditional like figures of authority are telling you that no you know what it's okay to be uh, overweight and, and not you know disciplined in, in, in how you eat or indulge in like alcohol or drugs like if people around you are not encouraging you to to kind of be your best and to have faith and confidence in yourself like if you're not hearing that from traditional outlets that have maybe like in the past really pushed this forward like maybe like a family member or a family member who even pays attention to you or like a school teacher or maybe like some sort of like religious leader if nobody is there to instill these thoughts into you you're not going to have that inner voice that you're talking about that kind of pushes you forward a little bit, right? That, that maybe makes you a little bit better. And that's why they're turning to this uh, kind of Andrew Tate circus show because that's sort of pushing them out of this like funk they're in, you know? Um, I, I, I think that's true to some extent, but I, 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 think, I think some of it is also that it's just genetic Right. Like some people just, you know, again, everyone has traits that are on a bell curve distribution and some people just have that self-motivation capability built in. And some people like everyone has it to some degree. It's just in the modern environment, because we're so sedated, um, 
we have you know a lack of accountability and responsibility in our lives like it's that um those features aren't enabled as easily for some people right mm-hmm. uh and i and i think that's the problem but but yes like having having the good role models obviously would help um but man like it's just yeah, it's tough to see how this changes given the incentive structures that we have in place, right? So, like, we know right now, we've talked about this a thousand times. Everyone, like, knows this already, but these social media algorithms, one of the most toxic inventions of the of, of human in, in human history, quite frankly. Um, they, th- there's just no end in sight to promoting horribly outrageous content. Um, instead of nuance and careful thought. And to some extent, it's, you know, it is a human nature problem because these algorithms do, again, to some extent, reflect human nature, right? Like we're just captivated by charisma. We're captivated by confidence and crazy shit. And Andrew Tate is the epitome of all those things, right? Like he genuinely epitomizes those things. So like what... Like he he is the perfect thing for the algorithm to feed young men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like from the standpoint of these companies making the the most money possible, which again is is a fucking problem. But you know, Jordan Peterson somewhat pointed it out. You know, with the capitalism comment. But like, what are you going to do about it? And are you going to really bring this to the forefront? Um, and I don't see I don't see enough people talking about this. We're just kind of going, you know. Just going with our lives. Politicians aren't doing jack shit. What the fuck are we paying them for? Like, they're not doing anything. Like, what the fuck are they doing, man? Like, can someone tell me, like, why aren't they, like, coming up with, like, actual solutions? You know why? Because it requires regulating fucking almost, like, what, $100, $200 billion, like, almost trillion-dollar companies to some extent, Right. Yeah, like that's yeah. why they're not. But they're but they're, they're they've been bought out. I mean, yeah, this is a whole problem with the political system. But like, it's it's just it's staring us in the face. It, right? These problems are staring us in the face. It, it's yeah. almost it's almost like you're describing the existence of the Matrix or something like that. But um, <laughs> the fucking Matrix, Andrew I, Tate, fucking yeah. finally uh, validated. <laughs> finally, it took us yeah. an hour and five minutes, but right, we did yeah. it. I th- I think that. <clears throat> There is so much hand wringing that happens around kind of the Andrew Tate phenomena. This kind of like, you know, oh my God, why are young men like consuming this kind of content? Like, why are all young men turning into misogynists? And I think not for a second is there any sort of like critical evaluation over like the various uh, institutions and channels. Uh, that have collectively either failed or neglected their responsibility mm-hmm. uh, to build out a healthy, like flourishing society, and everybody points to like, oh yeah, this is like some guy. In the he's internet. a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he, he's he's yeah. a scapegoat, right? Um, again, it's not to, not to under uh, undermine the fact that he does have influence. Yeah, and he does have a negative influence. Yeah, but. You're right. He's used as a scapegoat. Oh, we'll just ban him off Twitter. We'll just mm-hmm. ban him. It's like, you know what? Actually, you should keep him, and it should be a test for how shitty our society is. Yeah. Right? That yeah. that he's 
that he's winning people over. That yeah. means we fucked up big time elsewhere. Um, and you're right. Like our institutions, uh, just like what, like just jerking off, like just not, just like just not doing anything. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like it's hard. It's complicated. I'm I'm not trying to oversimplify things, but like, I don't know, man. Like it's such it's such a catastrophic failure. Um, you know the 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 popularity of Tate, uh, Trump, the fact that you know now we have Trump and Biden, you know. Uh, not again, not taking, not trying to um, endorse take any. Yeah. not trying to endorse, you know, the democratic party, which is plenty uh, toxic and problematic in its own right. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, there, it, all these things are related. You know, we, any issue we talk about in this podcast, it all comes down to uh, many of the same principles and issues um but yeah anything else andre anything we haven't covered i, th I think i think we, we've revisited uh the tape phenomena i think we we definitely add a little bit more meat to the bone in terms of our previous conversation last year around him um maybe as we've matured Which, from like tate train riders to to maybe like more observers of it i i agree and i, and I think yeah and i i think we could have done better in that episode, and uh, I definitely like. I don't know. I feel like we <laughs> we weren't as um, well equipped to discuss that matter. If we're being totally honest, like we we didn't we didn't do maybe our homework as much as we should have. We maybe were unfair in some of the portrayals of Tate. So yeah. you know, let's put that out there, like. We we kind of got swayed by the algorithm to, to ride the Tate train and make and get views, and it worked. It worked it to some degree, but we don't want to uh, we don't want to reduce this podcast to that. Obviously, uh, now yes, this episode is about Tate, <laughs> you know, uh, but but I think it's a it's a much more useful uh, commentary. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, the I think it is important when criticizing Andrew Tate to, to really kind of dive into some of the points that he makes. And I think surface level criticism, as we did last year, it's more entertainment than anything. And we did right. have a laugh, you know, we, we, he said a bunch of crazy zany shit and we laughed about it. And I think that's fine. And that's okay. But there is more to what's going on. And, you know, we can, we can cringe as much as we want as to what he's saying. But the fact is, is that he is still, a very influential figure in a fairly like limited landscape of male role models for for young men and, and, and older men too i mean christ like as i was preparing for the episode you know i'd be listening to some of his like interviews while i'm out for a run and like he does get your blood pumping he does make you like push a little bit harder but realizing that like that is all part of like the heavily monetized brand that he's spinning mm -hmm. to profit off of and ride the train of male pain and hardship that's happening right now that 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 is important and i think it it requires a deeper analysis of, of the andrew tate phenomena um and we'll see I, I think this is something that's not going away um you know we talked about jordan peterson kind of carrying that torch a little bit before the pandemic and 
it passing on to Andrew Tate. I think there are going to be new individuals that jump on this grift. Um, and it's going to keep happening until something is actually changed and a blow-off valve of sorts is applied. And oh yeah, no, we, we we need no, we need structural changes to society before any of this changes. Otherwise, it's going to head towards a more extreme version of what we have now and what has been trending. Precisely, yeah, and, and that's a very valid point. I mean, we think Andrew Tate is is problematic and and in some instances outright evil. There is a very real possibility that whatever comes after that, the next algorithmic kick, the next influencer. There's very real possibility it's going to be 20 times worse and it might actually lead to genuine radicalization. So, yeah, and we'll be here to cover it. Cover to it. To get the views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, please watch. Alt yeah, I mean, it might be the case eventually that radius of reason is one of these problems of society. Yeah. Right? Like, we, we get so big and our uh, commentary is so toxic. Yeah. that we we are we we became the monster we will be the um, next andrew and tristan tate <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that but <laughs> uh yeah uh, next episode is going to be on the meta crisis which is going to aim to to tackle um all the problems that we just we discussed today with society so watch out for that that'll be coming uh next month but uh in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, comment. Leave us a comment. Help us out. Yeah, help us out. We're, uh, we're a young channel. Give us a subscribe. Young whippersnappers, scrappy underdogs. Otherwise, everybody take care of yourselves. Have a great, great holiday season, whatever you're celebrating. And we will catch you next time. Take care.